All right, we are back for the second week in a row. Woo! Pretty exciting. Uh, been been a busy week. So uh, this is the Lakin and Kyle at True Self Podcast, where we talk about social emotional needs, identifying and meeting them, specifically positive self identity, connection, belonging, purpose, emotional stability, trust, safety, uh, and whatever applies to you. I think. Yeah. I'm Kyle. I'm Lakin. And today our topic is going to be uh, the perception gap and uh, what it means, why it matters, and some ideas on how to shift our perspectives to improve our communication in uh, many of our relationships. Yes. Um, so we took a couple notes before we started to just kind of give an idea of what, where, why this is a problem. Why is the perception gap a problem? Um, and specific relationships where this might manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, so some we identified are anything where there's a power imbalance. Um, so like police and um, citizens, I guess is a phrase we used. Doctors and patients, uh, lawyers and clients, uh, teachers and students, Employers, employees, you might use it in uh, a pastor uh, and person who goes to a church, situations like that. Parent kid. Parent kid. Yeah. Uh, and so what is common in each of these situations, uh, usually it, th- there's a commonality, which is usually somebody is paid for their expertise in one situation or to do a job, and the other person is either paying to be there or there's an implicit understanding that that person um, has a responsibility to teach or impart knowledge or that they know more maybe uh, and so it create there is an inherent gap in knowledge which builds in potentially an inherent gap in trust uh, or responsibility on the part of the person with more power what do you think about that Yeah, I mean, I think we all recognize that if you have been to a traditional school, you see it in schools, um, you see it in your families. That's one of the biggest uh, problems that families face is when the kids get older, they want their autonomy, they want their control, and they want um, sometimes that leads to butting heads with their parents, right? Yeah. So it's a natural need for us to want our own independence as well as our own authority. Uh, and be in control or agency of ourselves. Agency, yeah. And so... Um, I think that's an important uh, area that you can acknowledge about each of these relationships is oftentimes somebody is either voluntarily or involuntarily uh, subject to some kind of um, diminished agency in those relationships. So if you're a student, you're required to be there and the person knows more than you and you have to kind of... Um, do something that maybe you didn't choose to do. Uh, You're required to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And a police officer has the inherent power to take away your agency if they so choose. Uh, And they're um, given that power by the state, I guess. And so why why do you think it's important? Uh, It's important because um, if we don't, if, if, if a person with power comes into a relationship thinking that everything is equal and uh, the person without power knows, you know, consciously or subconsciously that things are not equal, then it 
there is a gap in, first of all, understanding um, and perception of what level we're communicating from. And why is that a problem? Uh, it's a problem because if we don't take the time to understand the other person's perspective, then our communication will essentially land on deaf ears to a certain extent, and it'll be not as productive as it could be, or it will lead to further frustration because the person doesn't understand where our communication is coming from, how to implement it, why they should be implemented, or all kinds of numbers of problems because you're not communicating from a place where they are. You're not meeting them where they're at as the person in power. Yeah. Um, and so I think a very common example that all of us can relate to um, is the employer-employee position. And um, you know, a lot of things come to mind when I think about that, but you know, I used to hate having to get up and be to work at a certain time. Like, it just really bothered me. And I used to hate uh, being stuck at a desk with you know, minimal social interactions. Um, I used to hate the lack of kind of validation. The pay wasn't that good and my life, you know, wasn't getting better. Some part of my choices were leading to that, but at the same time, I wasn't paid enough to save enough money to go on vacation and have like a comfortable life or, you know, maybe retire at some reasonable point in my life. So, um, and so I never really understood exactly why I hated going to work like on such a regimented basis and what it was about me that was so resistant to that um, and only fairly recently have I come to that conclusion um, and that is the, the aspect of you know I hate being told what to do I hate being required to do things I hate being told how to do them unless I ask <laughs> uh, or are given a choice and so it's the diminished agency within that system and you know, one of the books I reading recently talks about how our desk jobs um, do not jive with our biological evolution and how we, you know, where we are most effective if we are operating at full capacity and all those things. And so just still learning a lot about uh, this stuff. Um, and so I think the thing that we agreed was important was that, or at least I, I, I think, is that it comes, the part, the responsibility of acknowledging the power imbalance and shifting the perspective comes from the part of the person in power. Um, you know, assuming all things being equal uh, and that everyone has good intentions, right, which is not always the case, but we're going to assume that for our purposes because we can't get into what if somebody has nefarious or bad intentions in the relationship? That's just, we can't spend time on that. Um, so what happens though, if you don't shift that perspective? Well, you end up feeling like you're repeating yourself. The person doesn't hear you and you get frustrated and get mad and you end up doing what I call, you know, fracturing or deteriorating the relationship and it creates a negative feedback loop. Um, for people that don't communicate from a curious rather than judgmental perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I 
feel like you kind of circled the whole thing, and you've said everything, so I don't really know what... Oh, I haven't. Okay. Okay. So, imagine a scenario where you're a 20-something-year-old kid that uh, you got hired into a position where they expect a lot out of you, but you're still in a place in life where you don't necessarily, you're not good at asking questions, you don't have a lot of self-confidence, but you're really smart. Um, And your manager is a 45-year-old dude who... Um, cannot relate to you at all mm-hmm. or, or doesn't know how yeah okay um, and so you know you're struggling to just maybe feel safe in your job and like take some risks and um, you know maybe make mistakes and um, you know that's gonna take a long time to end up being a productive relationship if the manager doesn't come in and build a relationship that builds trust um, rather than just responding when there is a problem, right? Um, yeah, I'm not sh- I guess, are you looking for me to agree with you I'm, on this? Because I'm not, what I think is... I mean, you've been in positions where you were taken advantage of by people in your work. Uh and you thought you trusted them, um, and then you did stuff, you went outside of, you took a risk, and it ended up backfiring on you. And now, you know, uh, for a variety of reasons, you have a hard time trusting people, um, taking a risk on people. And um, so I think this is actually a helpful topic that you can relate to for a variety of reasons. You're, you have very much similar relationships in doctor-patient where you don't necessarily trust doctors, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you think you don't trust their motives, you don't trust necessarily even their knowledge, and you don't think that they listen to you, right? Mm-hmm. So you have experience with this. Mm-hmm. I'm inviting you to talk about it. Um, yeah, so I mean, I can give an example of what I think might have to do with the power balance. So in my previous job, my uh, being the assistant director mm-hmm. to a sports organization. Mm-hmm. So in this organization, um, there's one person that like runs everything and because he has all the knowledge, it makes it very difficult to basically extract it from him and then also implement it or, or delegate the tasks out. And so what I know is that I basically was at his um, mercy mercy to do whatever he wanted because um, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have enough information. The knowledge right. gap wasn't there. Or it was there. Um, and so once I started to take the risks and those risks weren't rewarded, so I came up with solutions. I took initiative and I did things. I worked outside of my work hours, for example. Um, and then I went back to show him... Um, and I got some lip service where it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, uh, but we're not gonna actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find out that we weren't gonna do that stuff until much later. Right. Um, and so shifting that perspective, changing, like thinking, okay, well, what are some of his motivations to not do this? And even though it was better for the organization, even though it was better for the participants in the organization, like all around it was win, win, win. For him, 
uh, he didn't see it like that. And so me understanding, maybe just doing some search, some discovery about how he might be feeling, what might benefit him to keep it the same, right. um, allowed me to just let it go. Right. And I quit. You right. know? That's not in a relationship that I'm going to build in right. anymore because I don't feel like my time or effort or my energy really was respected or appreciated. And so it's a knowledge gap because and a communication gap because he could have very easily um communicated to me like why he doesn't want to change right, right now or what his main focus is um but there are disagreements yeah yeah and i think you struggled in that position for and not that you personally struggled but the you the way you saw your value um was always kind of diminished and I, I I think that that took away from what you hoped you know the purpose it gave you and the position and all those things and you know not having any autonomy or uh, just getting lip service definitely questioned your kind of agency or contribution yeah um, so I was reading a research paper the other day and it had mentioned that stri- strategy is developed when um, people have significant responsibility and freedom to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. So that allows them to um, own it, mm-hmm. right? And so if you take away a person's opportunity to own their own behavior, mm-hmm. um, it really stunts their growth and it makes a person, I mean, how do they evolve from there? They don't. And so it's this glass ceiling that society has put on us from our structure of how we organize power. Right. Yeah, and so it's not something that can be, you know, changed overnight. And in fact, I don't think we can ever escape the way the system and structure is set up. But what we can do is make small shifts to move in the appropriate direction um, that make things better, that make things better. And I think it's important because for me, you know, after seeing that whole experience, with uh, my previous boss, basically what bothered me the most was my sense of peace. Mm-hmm. That started to go away. Like right. I started to become insecure because I didn't understand things and it was obvious not on my side. And so I questioned myself, like, do I not know enough? Or is somewhere in my beliefs, like is do I have limiting beliefs, etc. You know, and right. I and I start doing this introspection on myself, right. which is not fair because that's not my problem. I mean, it's my problem because I'm dealing with it, but right. it's not my problem to fix. Right. I guess is what I'm saying. And so, with the mental health crisis going on, right. right? It's important because our energy is traded in relationships, and so what we get back right. from that energy is either good feelings or bad feelings, either growing or not growing. I mean, there's yeah. it's perceived black, value. It's black and uh, white. Yeah, it yeah. either is valuable to you or it's not. Yeah, or you think that you're contributing or being valuable for somebody else, like supporting them or providing them your experience or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why it's so important to know your needs. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. what do I need from this person, this relationship, or... Do I value it? I mean, I have this question down here, like what value am I getting from this? And right. that, if you can answer that, I'm actually gonna do a post on TikTok about it as a challenge, 
Just answer that as often as you can throughout the day with everything you do and you will understand how much time you're either wasting with things that aren't really giving you value. You could take it or leave it. And then that frees up this energy to spend on things that make your heart happy, that actually give you more value back. Right. Um, and that would be a starting place because through your own actions, you will communicate those with other people and yeah. other people may have you know option to see that and then they can we often learn by modeling each other right. and so you don't even have to understand what i'm talking about to feel what i'm feeling right your well, body we, will we imprint it yeah your easily. body will imprint it and so it only will take a couple people making this change to affect a huge amount and so yeah that's my spill on it yeah that's good um so I'm going to kind of jump back because the the thing that uh, kind of brought up this topic for me was uh, having some police officers come into the restaurant. And um, I've long thought that there was an avenue in with them. Uh, the police are facing a massive public, um, public opinion crisis or a public um, perception crisis. Uh, because it's a branding issue. It's it's a branding it's totally issue, branding but it's issue. also an uh, the evidence is out there. There you guys certain, need to be rebranded if there's any cops. Certain people are making them look really bad. You know, not all cops are bad, but the ones that are bad are causing them major problems. And I don't know if those people are doing it intentionally. It doesn't really matter. The problem is that with the way you know social media is and the prevalence of video cameras and now cops have to wear body cameras um, you know it, it, one small mistake is massive national news uh, and so how do we start preventing you know if you made one mistake every 10 years people would forgive you if you made one mistake maybe every year people would forgive you but if you as an agency nationwide are doing this twice a month killing people basically uh, because of a complete disregard for what you know what your job actually is which is protecting people um, yeah I don't or what this seems like I'm not I don't want to, to get caught up in that I'm that I'm like accusing the cops of anything I'm not I'm saying that certain people are taking their job to the extreme and actually uh, violating what some people would agree is their job description which is public safety right um, I mean they're killing people so go ahead well I just it's difficult conversation to have not knowing enough information right like not knowing well do you disagree do you disagree that people are dying because uh the way police are handling situations i have no way to even comment on that because i don't know okay well, I, I absolutely it. do not watch the news because okay. it's a fucking shit show and the only things that make it on the news are agenda led information um or paid okay like, so Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's certain. Well, let's assume that it's the case. Well, let's okay. Assume. okay. Let's assume. Make the assumption that you that are going to have to assume. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm very confident, and that's why they have instituted uh, what is called trauma-informed policing, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to train people on this. Um, yeah. And why is that necessary? It's necessary because there is. Uh, 
a couple I, I believe a couple of reasons uh, there's a lack of uh, awareness for the cops um, ability to communicate or a lack of training or whatever and style of communication which uh, it talks about in the, the thing from the state of Maryland that I read which is that you have to just stop stop judging immediately assuming that the other person is wrong uh, or that you know you assume that there's something wrong like why are they struggling? You know, understand them first. Uh, what is happening to you was the alternative phrase they provided. Uh, but the other thing is that there is apparently a massive um, kind of mental health crisis. I say quote uh, because they didn't use that phrase, but I will, which is manifesting in addiction, suicide, depression. Uh, you know, you can keep going. Maybe loneliness. I'm. I'm using my words because I just heard about the suicide and addiction stuff um, but these are all related to people not understanding their own needs and um, and not knowing how to then obviously meet their needs um, and so when people you know you're just gonna generalize about all the cops I, I am uh, when there is this kind of massive crisis it will manifest as people, if they don't even understand their own needs, there is absolutely no way that they can go out and understand people's needs who are homeless or, um, or you know, robbing banks or, you know, like their, their frame of mind, they can't even grasp for the, for the, you know, for a large part, cannot grasp their own, the problem with their own reality. So how are they expected to go police people who can't grasp their reality. Um, and so where do you start to fix that problem? Well, you have to get these people to go and investigate themselves first, try and understand themselves, settle down how they feel on the inside, uh, whether it's anxiety, uh, you know, I guess depression, whatever, and if they need some kind of help with that stuff, great. Uh, you know, get them the help. But, um, you know, if they don't understand that they aren't happy and they're trying to take their anger out on uh, the world you know when their job is to protect people that's you know you already have colliding agendas right the police job is to take care of people or protect people and make sure they don't die uh, first and then you have people who have no lack of understanding of how their emotional disposition is going to affect their uh, behavior in a adverse situation because they don't even know how to manage themselves mm -hmm. and so you know how do we do this well we teach people how to identify and meet their social emotional needs um, and by doing so really investigating all of your feelings you can then learn how to relate your feeling because our feelings are similar when I was homeless my only fear was feeling like shit not getting high you know um, why is a cop bad? Because I got to go to jail where there's no drugs, you know? Um, because I have a lot of freedom. I don't in there, you know, take away my agency. Um, and I don't trust them because I know I'm doing some shit that they don't want to know about. Whether they see it or not, I know. And so I have an immediate distrust. And I have no relationship with them. I don't trust that they're not just going to make some shit up about me. Uh, and I don't trust the system, Right? Um, and so, you know, I don't know if cops understand that or want to understand that, but it would be helpful 
if they had a relationship with the community and the community trusted them to do the right thing, uh, you know, you're still going to have problems. But you're not going to... I think you're going to have a lot less problems where the cops are being put, putting themselves in situations where they're being charged with murder regularly or manslaughter or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's where I think that this, uh, that we can, we can, you know, we are offering solutions and how, how do you solve that problem, I guess. And that's how I think you solve it. And you can solve it in all of these situations. Uh, patience, teaching patience, why do you, you know, patience, reserving judgment and communicating from a cu curious perspective. Understanding the other person's perspective and then bridging that gap of understanding. Yeah, so what is, um... Oh my goodness, the Einstein say you can't solve, right. the, do you know the You quote? can't solve a problem with the same thinking that started it. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're running into. You can see it um, right. on all these levels in our society. Basically, these systems that don't work, they were created with this organizational, um, not work, institutional thinking. Mm -hmm. Like as if everybody goes to college and very political and so each of our systems stems from that and then they go out and try to serve the there's just like this big disconnection basically yeah and i think as a result you'll see peer support services skyrocket over the next generation because yeah. you cannot solve a problem if you don't have the appropriate framework right, right. and so if we're talking about um, shifting perceptions and closing the gap that's like oh you and I have an argument and I try reserve my reaction and try to think about what you are going through right. and how your day like a life through your eyes and if I was in your shoes how would I you know receive the information or whatever the circumstances were um, yeah so yeah, and so, you know, I like to think about these kind of problems from um, a social evolution perspective, a biological evolution perspective, um, inherent problems built, like the problem with money and capitalism being the main driver or measure of success that we're taught, um, and how that, the this constant um, pursuit of efficiency in our corporations and stuff with re without regard for the environment or people's personal needs um, you know we always put the corporation first or the business first or whatever and how does that lead to uh, you know massive job dissatisfaction uh, yeah the way we treat people in our organizations um, as employers is bad we set a very low expectation of personal health and value. And so if you give a relationship the majority of your energy for your life yeah. and they value you or treat you uh, you know, beneath them, lower, then that is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves, right? Like we accept that right. because it's kind of like what we're being force fed. Right. And so after a certain point, you get into learned helplessness. Yeah. And as Or just result, doing the bare minimum to not get fired, so, right? <laughs> so we're in this state of, of literally, you know, being damned if we do, being damned if we don't. And so people are choosing to kill themselves. 
Yeah. Because there's no way out. Yeah. Um, and you see, you see the numbers all over, all right. over. Addiction, su- depression, suicide, loneliness, uh, are way up, especially after COVID. Um, so another thing that I, I like to think about is how only about 200 years ago, our entire world almost was essentially poverty, in poverty. The entire world minus all the rich people, right? Which was a very small percentage. And now uh, we are poor still relative to the rich people, but we have enough, right? Um, And, you know, if 200 years ago you would have told somebody, all you have to do is go to this job for 40 weeks, 40, 40 hours a week, and we will give you enough money to pay, buy all the stuff you need. How many people would take that offer like that? Because they have the perspective of uh, seeing how hard it can be to not have food or not have a house or not have a car or, you know, all these things that we take for granted. And so we are at a couple of the first generations who were raised by people who did not have that much difficulty in, in their life where they were basically starving or grew up in the depression or whatever. And so as we get just a little bit further away from these hard times, our lack of knowing how hard it can be diminishes for these generations. And now is the time, the reason I believe these things are manifesting is because we know nothing about ourselves and we didn't have to think about these things before because we're too busy surviving. And now we're like, oh man, we've done it. Everything's supposed to be great, but but it sucks, you know? Why is that? It's because we don't even know why we're doing the shit that we're doing all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that the college kids, you know, I was talking to a college kid last night and I said something to him about this stuff and he's like, yeah, wow, you know, this job, hours are going to be crazy, but the paycheck's going to be good. And I was just like, I was going to be a lawyer and that would have sucked. You know, he's like, oh, but the ones at the top are doing great. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but they gave how many years of their life working 80 hours a week uh, with no relationships at all to get there, you know? Is it all about the end when you have some money and get to use it, you know? I don't think it is. Uh, I wouldn't trade my life for the next 30 years for 10 or 15 years of being rich. I wouldn't do that. So, uh, I guess we're going to give a couple of uh, tips, I guess, how to kind of work through this perspective, um, shifting the perspective. Yeah, so, I mean, I just have two questions, basically. Um, The first question would be, at least to improve changing perspectives um what does what value does this offer me um what value am I getting from this because it allows you to just start thinking about um the root of what you really need and what they really need yeah um the other one is something you mentioned about is that something you would ask the person say your employer or uh, somebody, or is that just a question you're asking yourself? I just ask myself that because okay. it's you can't 
expect to go out and change people when you have not even changed yourself. Yeah. And so my call to action would be to ask yourself daily yeah. about each relationship that you're interacting with. Right. What do I value? Right. What am I valuing here? Like, yeah. what am I getting in yeah. return? Um, so that you can have an honest conversation. Like, in order for change to happen, honesty, like, you have to do a full... You have to evaluate yeah. and get some metrics, right? Yeah. And so without having any opinions on that, you just it has to be objective information that you're getting. And so how do you start to get um, stuff to measure? Well, you can measure what you value yeah. and you can measure that against the next day and against yeah. the next day. And so it's like, okay, Lakin, what do you value today? What do you value about this relationship? What do I value about my relationship with Kyle? It's like, oh, I value safety. I value um, friendship, yeah. right? And so it's like yeah. answering that question to right. myself reaffirms that right. in me and then helps me understand the things that I'm doing that I'm not getting any value of because yeah. eventually I'll ask a question like, oh, what do I value about my relationship with Sarah? And yeah. I might say nothing. There's nothing that I'm getting valuable out of. In fact, maybe she's sucking my energy. Right. And is that a relationship that I want to maintain? Right. You know, I don't know. But that is how you start yeah. To, yeah. to learn yourself. Right. Yeah. And then and then to change the people around yeah. you. Yeah. Make conscious changes based on your evaluation and not just kind of fly by the seat of your pants going, oh, that's great. I don't need it. This sucks, but I'm going to keep doing it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and it's really, it really is e that easy and that simple. It's just that you have to... Uh, practice it before before yeah. you program it yeah. yeah and the I was gonna say um, if you have no idea what you know the things that you might value are besides time and money um, you can email us and we'll send you the workbook um, or the values work worksheet that we have um, just to give you an idea yeah all right the other one oh the other one is just about what you had mentioned about being curious Oh yeah, it's uh, it's the biggest shift I think. One of the biggest shifts I made from you know who I was before I got clean to now, which is just knowing that I'm not fucking perfect, and knowing that I don't know everything, and what's best for me is not best for everybody else. Um, I have the benefit of all the things I know, and a lot of people don't have. You know, nobody has what I know specifically, um, and so. Why would I assume that somebody does exactly what I do, um, or it would act exactly like I act? Like, it's it's unbelievable how much more, uh, how much better received I am as a person when I'm not judging everyone based on my expectations for myself, and I just listen and go, I didn't know that about you, you know, or here's how I would do it instead of you should do this, like. Ooh, you know, just just framing your suggestions in a slightly different way is so helpful and so much easier to hear. Um, you know, if you can eliminate that immediate defensiveness or removing somebody's agency in an interaction and help them make the right choice, like even in a cop situation, you go, you know, I don't really have a choice in this situation. My job is to do this. Um, here's your choices. You know, you can run right now. You know, which you probably want to do, 
or you can come with me. The risk of you getting hurt if you run is much worse than if we just do this together, you know? Like, I don't know, you know, that's, I don't really know what they're taught. I'm just saying there's all kinds of ways. If we are willing to really take the time to investigate our personal uh, judgments or and withhold them, just everyone's judgmental, right? I'm extremely judgmental. I have to go, well, that's a judgment. <laughs> You know, let me just pause that for a second. I'll see if I'm right later. But, you know, let me learn something right now. Let me listen without being right. Um, and so I 100% agree. Uh, I think that's the most important thing we can do uh, from these relationships with a power imbalance, you know. I have a hard time doing it with the kids because I'm like, you guys don't know anything, <laughs> you know? But at the same time, they have their own value sets that they operate on, you know? They want sugar, toys, and uh, free time, you know? And they don't care if there's a mess. Why should they care, you know? Uh, so I have to really work on my patience with them and go, at least convince them why they should care from my perspective, like, how, or tell them how it makes me feel. And sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. It definitely doesn't work for more than three days in a row. I have to continuously tell them that stuff. And, you know, that's a choice I have to make, you know, because getting mad at them is my problem. Um, and it creates problems for me uh, because it creates problems for you. And it creates... So you really have to look at your the choice of your expectations, you know. Um... Yeah, I would just say also, uh, you know, asking yourself the question, have I done everything I could have to uh, help that person understand why their job is important or why it's valuable or why I need them to do this or, you know, figure out what motivates them or uh, how do we how do we achieve our common goal or do they even understand the goal? Do they care about the goal? What is their goal? You know, like asking yourself these questions and, and putting it to work in before you have the conversation, not during the conversation, not after the conversation, but, you know, really giving a shit about the people around us because you're going to get into those, out of those relationships what you put into them. Um, and it's up to the people who learn this the first to start helping the people around them uh, achieve the same kind of common goal and understand it. Yeah. Good. All right. I think that was uh, quite the conversation. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you have anything else? Nope. Nope? Okay. Well, uh, you can reach us. Email is trueself.education at gmail.com. Um, we would love your feedback, uh, topics to discuss, or whatever comes to mind. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, bye. Bye.